If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out now. No doubt now. Thursday morning, October 7th, 2021, the Beating the Book podcast, Megapod, live from the D. Skill Alexander, of course, staples of the show from our home here at the D, the Vice President of Operations of Circus Sports, Derek Stevens Conciliary, and man all about town, Mike Palm. How you doing, Mikey? Great, yo, great. Big week for Circa, huh? We were named the North American Property of the Year really? at G2E. First Nevada casino to ever win the award. Yes. You beat out Dotties? We beat out Choctaw in Oklahoma, finished second. I had a minor upset. I had Choctaw over us, but we, we got there. And uh, so congratulations to Der- Derek Stevens and everybody that put the property together. Mazel tov. Thank you. As my mother would say. Thank you. And then just 30 minutes ago, we launched Circus Sports in Iowa. We went live. So Did an- you really? Yeah. Another, you know, I was on Tuesday with uh, Ken Miller and Trent Condon on uh, K. XNO in Des Moines, and uh, they interviewed about the launch. And at the end, Trent Condon said, I just want to speak for many, many Megapod listeners, Mike. If you could please ask Todd Wishniff just to shut up and let you and the guest talk. <laughs> Todd, your, your thoughts, your response. I'm not even going to respond to that nonsense. People in Iowa obviously are not the brightest. What can I tell you? Wow. Taking down the whole state. Yeah. That's Todd Wishnev from his mom's cork <laughs> attic in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Bulletin boards all over the cork behind him. How you doing, Toddy? You good? I'm doing all right. Ladies and gentlemen, our, our rotating guest today, kind enough to join us on the podcast. I don't believe he was on the podcast last year, but he's been on the podcast. Two years ago he was Two years on. ago, mm-hmm. many times oh. before. Uh, professional better, half of the Massey Peabody Analytics team, co-founder of Unabated, which you can tell us about right now, Rufus Peabody. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Gil. I, I'm excited to actually get some NFL knowledge for, from some people that actually know how to beat the NFL because I certainly don't this year. You're having a rough time of it? Yeah. I, I've, I've made money every Saturday and lost money every Sunday. Which is not normal for you, right? That's not like a normal thing? Well, it feels like, I mean, NFL's gotten harder and harder to beat. I, I, I bet, and honestly, I bet NFL's on and college on Monday. Um, actually, I bet college later in the week as well, but 
but if I don't fit it on Monday for NFL, I'm probably not betting it. So you grab, you, you're basically doing a numbers grab early in the week, and the COVID era of information coming down to the wire, not interested, not interesting to you in terms of, of making bets waiting late into the week. Right. I mean, I feel like there's so many people with such good data analyzing the NFL out there that, you know, myself with, you know, only devoting a little bit of time to it, it's just not enough. What are you devoting most of your time game, to? How about in-game, Rufus? How about in-game? Um, you know, I haven't even bet second half this year. That's something I always bet. I've been doing second halves for college football, but my server isn't working properly for NFL second halves, and I've kind of just been like, okay, I'll get to it next week. It's never been the highest thing on my list of priorities for you, some reason. You do college football second halves, though? I do, yeah. I have been witness to Rufus on a college football Saturday, sitting in front of his computer back in the day, uh, making multiple college football bets to much success. That was always a treat. So tell us about Unabated for those who are unfamiliar with Unabated, which you do with the commissioner of sports betting, Captain Jack Andrews. We are, yeah, I, I like that title for him. It, it certainly fits. Yes. So Unabated is a venture um, with myself, uh, Captain Jack, and um, well, Dan Fabrizio and, and Matthew Snyder, who are we're all out here for G2E actually in Vegas, um, and it is we provide betting tools and education for betters. Basically, we want people to be able to quantify their opinions and we have products that make you a better better um alternate line pricing tools um we have a season-long nfl simulator that you can customize with your own power ratings or use a bunch of rating systems out there um think it's as specific as quarterback injury probabilities and backup quarterback penalty um and recently well we're launching prop tools that allow you to come in with your projections for a player uh, like receiving yards, receptions, and see what that distribution looks like. You know, what's the probability this guy gets 100 yards? What's should I lay under 77 and a half minus 140, or you know, under 73 and a half minus 110? Interesting. So, so, so and it's all free at unabated.com. It's all free for now. For now, unfree, uh, free at unabated. Uh, but just an example: if uh, if Team A is favored over Team B by seven points, alternate line seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, nine, so on and so forth. It will allow you to sort of determine what the best bet of the bunch is. Is that one possible application? Yeah, there's a compare lines tool. You put in, okay, you put in two lines and it tells you which one's better. But there's and there's different things. So people will gravitate towards what sort of resonates with them. There's different ways to use unabated. It's really interesting. Um, and I was saying when you and Captain Jack were on uh, on a numbers game yesterday on Veasan, I was saying. I'm sure there's tons of bettors out here who are listening to the Megapod right now who hear that and say, this sounds awesome. I really want to be a better better, but it sounds like it might be too complicated for me. To them, you would say what? I would say, well, first off, um, is it complicated to put two lines in and see which one's better? Or, and it'll tell you which one's better? No. no. I mean, if you, so I think regardless of how sophisticated you are or want to be, if you want to save money, um, you can save, we have tools that basically will help you execute bets at, at better prices and save money that way. Um, but what we want to do, Captain Jack loves this term, aspirational sharp. I love and it. I think it's fantastic it too. Is. But w I think that's who we're catering to. And we want to sort of help um, help bettors sort of move up that ladder. And and we, we don't want to teach, we don't want to give a man a fish, we want to teach a man to fish. Or I've a heard person, somebody say a person to fish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Aspirational betters. Aspirational sharps, exactly. Aspirational. Rufus, sharp. do you have anything? We, we put for the ass in aspirational, aspirational sharp. Uh, 
Do you have anything for aspirational radio hosts? Because there's a man to your left who is aspirational. He's a sort of mediocre. He'd like to get better. Well, I'll, Todd, all, all I want to say is I, I, I'm, I'm here for you. If you were not here, I, you know, I, I was like, I, I was going to tell Gil no, but then he said Todd Wishnev. I was like, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Todd Wishnev, aspirational sharp. Todd, you are the uh, podcast stenographer, and uh, I am the one falling further and further behind. What do you got? Gilly the Iceman with a nice, delicious one and two. Man. You got to like it. You just keep fading the Gilmeister. He was. Now, last week I was. I told him he was fortunate on when he was unfortunate on one of his wins. Let's give him, uh, you know, some kind of uh, compensatory, you know, clapping or something because his Lions pick did not deserve uh, to lose. Brutal. They were inside the five yard line 150 times and could not score. Mikey also lost on that. So. You guys got unfortunate after being fortunate the week before. But anyways, Gil falls to 4-8 and eight with his 1-2. and two, But his teasers continue to roll on at 4-0, and oh, which is really the only important thing because anybody who would bet the spreads pregame is an idiot. So, you know, 4-0 and oh teasers. Great job, Gilly. Mikey with a strong 2-1 and one week. Nice. Um, with the Packers and Browns, two winners. He moves to 7-5, and five, although he lost his teaser oh, with the Titans. Titans. Because the Titans decided... I lost it in not- real life, too. I had a 14 teaser, and that was the loser. Huh. So Mikey falls to 2-2 two and two in teasers. And then the great one himself has a bad 1-2 and two week, but still stays tied for first at 7-5. and five, And also 4-0 and oh in teasers. That's me. 7-5 and five and 4-0 and oh in teasers. And we move on. How did, how did our guest spot do yet last week? Our guest spot was Matt Brown. He had the Ravens a winner, the Browns a winner, and Dallas a winner. A clean sheet. Clean sheet. Yeah. And you also had the teaser correct with the Chiefs and the Bucks. Matt Brown, clean sheet. Co-host primetime action MSG Plus that I do on uh, uh, weeknights with Kelly Bidlin as well. Okay. So then Mikey, Circa Million, Circa Survivor. Circa Survivor, people continue not to put in their entries. All-time record, 19 people didn't put in their entry. How do we explain Mikey, what this? is that? I don't, what is I, that all about? Somebody needs to invest some money like Rufus has in his website and do a 30 for 30 on this. And go to all these people that didn't over the years put in these picks. It gets more and more ludicrous. What if I told you? What if I told you? It's, so now three straight weeks, the third largest knockout is the ones that didn't put one in, right? We, we, we lost 409 with the Saints, 151 with the Titans, 19 no submittals, four Dolphins, one Vikings. We, we lost exactly 20% of the remaining entrants, went from 29-17 to 23-33. So it should, be, it should be noted, and it was great that the Giants and Jets, both with the upsets over the Saints and the Titans respectively in overtime, but it should be noted that there, with all those eliminations, there are still more people alive in Survivor right now this year than there were in the entire Survivor pool last year. Yeah, there were 1,390. There's 1,000 more. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, how many people are alive relative to started? But where are we as a percentage? Yeah, exactly. 4,100 4, started, and now 2,300 are left. Okay. We're, so we after, four, after four weeks... You know, we've knocked out 40%. And last year, Mike, last year, last year we last were year. way lower. No, last year because everyone lost to Colts in week one. Lost 33% lost. A third of the people had the Colts in week one. Yeah, last year was down quick. Yep. I want to know if anybody, like, did anybody pick the Texans last week? I mean, what's the dumbest pick we've seen? Oh, we've seen some ridiculous ones. Like people thinking that they're no, but outsmarting, they're, people that but, are outsmarting but, themselves. But they're, they think, they're, oh, game theory, game theory. But like, some of this is two-way. They use... Opposite sides of the same game to advance the pick of two teams they think they'll never use again. 
That's yeah. called the double option that Derek promotes. I'm not too sure. That's called How about double the guy? screwing yourself. No, no, somebody did it. Yeah. Somebody used their six entries and did three Browns and three Texans in week two. Yeah. Wow. Wow. If you think the Texans are going to win, just stay away from the game and let everybody get slaughtered exactly. with the Browns. <laughs> this is, this again, this again, I, I keep trying to say this to, to people. No one will listen. Anything beyond one entry, it is not proportional to your advantage. No, everyone is, is the yeah, diminishing like returns. If you have six entries, you do not have six times the chance because people do not play anything but that remaining I, one optimally. I have a stat on this, Gil, though, because one of our friends asked about this because he's in this group. 311 people bought six entries this year. Okay. Of those 311, 60 of those still have six entries alive, which so, our friend does yes, as well. our friend does. He yeah. asked about it. He I does. know he yeah. asked about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and here's the thing, he thinks that somehow he is, that, that it doesn't matter. By the time we get to Thanksgiving, let's see how many entries they all have left. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you, if you do have six harder. left, then, I mean, you're in a great spot. You're in a then, great then, spot. Then I'm not saying you're not. Either. And his argument is you need those six to get through Thanksgiving and Christmas. You do. Or to give you some backup. But you, you understand my point. Yeah. He's not playing them all the same way. By definition. No, he's not. By definition. That means you are not playing it the same way you would play with one. Mm -hmm. And so it is a bit of a... Thanksgiving's too far out for this to matter, is what I'm saying. Some people ultimately get there with two entries left, right? Christmas is really far out, too, the people that are saving for Christmas. Last year, remember when uh, Dr. Ed Meyer's power ranked at the end, and I was third, mm -hmm. uh, there was like two different people with two entries left. Those are the people that have an advantage at the end. But right now, uh, in the Bingo, I you agree. You agree, grid, yeah. Well, it's, ha it's having the multiple the grid, entries at the end. At yes, at the end. I started looking at the grid because this week is very difficult, mm. um, and it starts getting really, really dicey uh, in the next couple of weeks. I agree. Of like who's available and who you could take. I mean, I think I'm going to be forced to take either the Vikings this week or maybe even the Carolina Panthers because, you know, like I I know I want Dallas for Thanksgiving, so I have to save those guys. And then there's other teams you have to save if you look at the grid because there are some weeks. There is nothing. And let me tell you something. Thanksgiving, the Sunday of Thanksgiving, is going to be insane. Brutality. Because if you look at the games, yeah. everyone's thinking, oh, you got to get through Thanksgiving. You also have to get through the Sunday, which mm -hmm. doesn't have as many games. And all those games are tough as hell. Yeah. Anybody who's, like, gritting it out and mapping it at this point, I, I said it before the season. I was like, you're kidding yourself if you're doing it at this point. Because you, you don't know yet. You and Todd are both alive with your one entry, correct, Todd? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Todd, who'd you have last week? Last week, I survived with the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs and oh. their no defense oh, that's uh, right. brigade. That's right. I had Cincinnati. Ted, Todd was sad Cincinnati rallied to win that I know game. He the was. 900 people knocked out. We're all rooting against each other. In the Circle Million Three, just because the quarter ended, the first four weeks were yes. a quarter. Now it's a five week quarter. Yeah. Five people tied at 18 and two. Oh. Going into Monday night, there was one guy that had a shot. He had the Raiders. He could have been 19 and one and won the 171,000. But as it ends up, the guy that was 15 and 0 went three and two, and four other people end up 18 and two. So they split first, second, and third. They each got uh, 49,350. And on the bottom end, two entries went three and 17. They split the 25, 12, five each. New so quarter begins. New now. quarter begins now. So the extra and week. And 13 and seven. The I'm extra week. The extra week is the final quarter. Yeah, not the, the extra week. There's two extra weeks, right? Because oh, right, there's 18 right, right, right. now. So it's right. the second and fourth quarters are five weeks long. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Good to know. Todd, you're 13 and seven. Yes. 13-7, I am tied at like 458th place all the way to 995th place. It's impressive. Good luck. 
good luck. That's somewhere between 65. 10 and 25th percentile. That's all 65 percent will buy you these days, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, let's do best bets. Let's, oh, no, before we do that, Thursday night, I don't know if it's anybody's best bet, but tonight there is a game. Rams uh, and the Seahawks. Rams on the road, favored by two and a half against Superman. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Uh, Rufus, did you have any thoughts on this game at all? You know, I, I don't know if I have intelligent thoughts, but my numbers actually make the Seahawks a small favorite. Although, it, again, it depends. What What are you using for home field I was advantage? Say, oh, oh, I'm it sorry. It all depends on home field <laughs> yeah. advantage right now. Like, because I think the Rams are a slightly better team, mm -hmm. but you know, Mark, like less than a point better. Um, I'm using two points for this game. That's but. It, this is this is kind of the art of betting in a way. This is not necessarily science. Like this is regressed thirty percent to zero. Um, I was who was I talking with um, earlier this week about home field advantage? I think it was Chris Liss on the SiriusXM Fantasy um, Radio Spot, and there was no home field advantage in two thousand nineteen. I didn't know this. Like he he said he had heard this even somewhere. then. Right, two thousand nineteen. There was no home field advantage. I and I like literally quickly pulled up data set. I was like regression of score differential on dummy variables for team and opponent and whether the team's at home. And certainly it was a very small negative number. Um, you know, we always say home field has been decreasing over time, but it kind of like fell off a cliff in 2019. And then 2020, there are no fans and it was, you know, 0.15 points or something like that. And then this year it's basically been nothing too. What is your theory as to why it fell off a cliff then? I don't know. I mean, what's my theory to why College football teams that start with the letter O covered at a 56% <laughs> clip over 15 years with 600 observations. Like, but, know, but that is truly ridiculous. Right. That what, what, there's got to be something to this, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think there was last year for sure. I mean, you but, and I root for a team that clearly has had no oh. home field advantage in a decade, right? Like we could see that with our own eyes. That's because of a curse. Right. That's because <laughs> of a curse. You and I actually had a famous exchange on this show about the Seattle crowd years ago. I don't know if you remember it, where I said, oh, Rufus, it's a huge home field advantage. I went to a game. I couldn't hear the guy next to me. And you said to me, Gil, really? You went to one game and you've decided that it's a massive home field advantage? But that is a stadium, Seattle, where it is sort of conventional wisdom that it's this massive home field advantage. And, and yet you're even saying there, you're giving well, it a nod of two points. So, so it's a greater home field advantage than most. And the big reason for me is because of the geographical location of Seattle. The travel. The travel. It's longer travel. It's, yeah. Not the crowd noise. Not the travel. The travel. And although I'll say being a divisional game, less home field advantage. Okay. Like, historically, that's been the case. Uh, divisional games because there's more familiarity. This, you know, the Rams go there once a year. They're used to, you know, players are used to that routine of coming into that stadium. It's not, Yeah. So but, would, would that trigger a bet on Seattle, though, for you, your, your, your projection? Well, this line opened at a pick, and so it's kind of moved up, and we moved towards the Rams. Like, you know, two points aren't worth the time. Um, and as I said, it's not Monday, so I'm probably not going to bet it. If it yeah. You know, if it gets to three, I might just, just forget. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or if I see a good, like, alt price or something like that, um, that's kind of where I would, where I would go. Okay. Um, or if I had like to tease it with, I guess. So, yeah, it is a question. Is that a good Seattle teaser like? I mean, that, that feels kind of teaserish now at this point. Yeah, and, you know, I, I read somewhere that Russell Wilson is 9-1 on Thursday Night Football, historically. And yeah. he said he prides himself in how he prepares on a short week. Is there anything to that? He says he prides himself, Rufus. But I want to ask you guys, all, and that includes Todd <laughs> over, you know, yonder in Pittsburgh. 
what would what what do you make home field advantage this year for an average team? One point seven is the is the number that yeah. gets thrown around. Yeah, I think it's two. Toddy, what Chris Andrews say? He only gives two teams the full three on your show. Three? Yeah. He, Seattle and Green Bay. Yeah, he gives three two. Was three what he used to give for everybody? Every, for, Probably yes, yes. Mm -hmm. for everybody. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, what year is that? Well, it could be anywhere from you know yeah. the late eighties on. Yeah. Right. Doesn't it also matter where the where the line would be prior to the giving for the home? So, for instance, if if you were five and a half points better than a team, and now you're getting one and a half for the home, now you get to go over seven. Like I, I feel like. That has to be part of the equation, like getting near the key numbers on the home field. You know what I mean? That, that's why we said average. I hear you. Okay. But Fair enough. Todd refuses to answer the question. <laughs> I see. I. Uh, who knows? I mean, this NFL nonsense, you got to just play it in-game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but Todd, I sit here. I used to sit here on a Sunday and be able to pick off six or eight in-game bets I like. I sat here the last two weeks. I made exactly two bets. It's just well, it's too hard. hard. It's, it's just well, it's too hard. hard to find that where yeah. you think there's value in these numbers. But now, you know what? They have in-game props that are, are, are fun. Not here. I don't know if you, We're in Nevada, I, though. You're in the you're in the uh, you're in the dark age. Yeah. There, but, but you can you know there are places where you can bet the yeah. running backs you know not to you know uh, under and over on that the passing and all this stuff as the game's going on. It's incredible. My, but my, the truth is, a lot of those props are really bets on the game in a sense because. You have like if you're gonna bet the running back under, it's because you think that the other team's gonna have to throw because they're behind, and all that other stuff is really coming into the prop uh, handicap as well. By the way, this has nothing to do with anything. But did you see? Did you hear that Brandon Staley minute and change that he about did why on, you uh, need to run the football? Yes, that was I thought, brilliant. Yeah, it brilliant. Was. Give him coach of the year now. Yeah. If you, you by the way, if you, you send that back to the '70s what, and the '80s, their heads will what, pop what, off their heads. What? What number? In terms of a game, do you give the Chargers this year having him as the coach as opposed to Anthony Lynn last year? I mean, it's, dude, it's already one at least. Right? Uh, I, mean, I think Anthony Lynn got a raw deal. Do you? I, I, I think Anthony Lynn was a better coach than people give him credit for. A better head coach? Yeah. I think I think we see the in-game stuff. Yes. And we say he couldn't manage in-game. You know, Correct. You, know, you know who else people said that about for years? Andy Reid. And do people don't think Andy Reid's a bad coach. No, no but, but I, I think, think he still can't manage in-game, Andy Reid. Right. I think he's bad at it. I agree. He I think succeeds if Anthony despite Lynn, himself. I agree. He succeeds despite think, himself. I think we see the in-game decision-making, the fourth down stuff, and we say, like, it's what we can observe directly. We don't indirectly observe what happens, or we don't directly observe what happens in the locker room, the motivation, and how he, you know, leads these men. Um, we And so we judge based on these, like, 2% probabilities so a numbers game and this morning i led with this oh. that game that baseball game last night was national national league wild card game the most significant moment of that game most people didn't even notice or comment on right because they're not analytics people when they didn't pull wayne right when schilt didn't put joe pete had a great tweet about this when they didn't put pull wayne right after i think it was bader got hbp hit by pitch so there was two out Bader at first in and the he top came. of the sixth, and Wainwright's position came up, and it was one to one. No, no, no. Yes. No, I think this was the. Wasn't this earlier in the game? No. Top of the sixth. Are you no. sure? Yes. Top you of the sixth. Right. Top of the sixth. One to one. Two out. Bader's at first. Oh, Wainwright's yeah. Yeah, position came you're up. You're right. You're right. And Schilt leaves him in to bat, out of the inning. By the way, Wainwright's out after the next two batters anyway in the bottom of the sixth, and the point that Rufus was just making when we. 
somewhat justifiably, but not always justifiably, bitch about some of these fourth down decisions. I'm as guilty as, of it as anybody. The win probability difference in those fourth down decisions that are that are made poorly is about a two percent win probability difference. That thing with with Wainwright not being pulled yesterday, if they go up two to one, it's a twenty percent win probability difference, and no one mentions it or ever says anything about it. He made the last out in the fourth too in that same situation, uh, where he came up with two outs and a runner. But that was the fourth. But top early, of the fourth. Earlier, it's I not thought as big. the key point in the whole game, and not from a decision making though, was this. O'Neal not advancing the runners first and second, nobody out top of the fifth. And Schilt batting O'Neal in front of Arenado and, and not doing anything all night is probably the difference in that game. Yeah. It's, uh, but Anthony Lynn blew five double-digit leads last year. Five. He's handing off. He's running, he's, he's running a draw play in Tampa Bay up 17 in a rainstorm with 50 seconds left. Tampa Bay only had one timeout, and they fumble. And now they're only up 10. And, I mean, this goes on and on for years with him about this stuff. I he's feel like terrible. That he's be a terrible. Fix, though. But, but he's good at, like, I mean, I think he's actually good at getting his guys to play. I, mean, I think he's, he's a good play caller lead, in Detroit. Right? Oh, he see. Put, he got, he, like, you can't ignore the fact that he got them those double-digit leads. He turned around. I mean, and that team. He took. He took a team that went four and twelve and five and five and eleven before he took over. They went what nine and seven and then twelve and four and uh, lost to the um, Patriots in the was the divisional round, I guess, with Philip Rivers. Who yes, you know. Also, he has the least clutch quarter. He had the least clutch quarterback of all time in Philip Rivers, and a non-sneaking quarterback as well. Mm -hmm. the, but the, there's other things though about the Chargers that can't be quantified, and, and and people like E, who are lifelong Chargers fans, will tell you this: they were always. They, they would never, they'd never play hurt also. There were key guys that would get dinged. And on the Chargers, the culture of that team under Anthony Lynn, they'd be like, well, we're out. I'm out. There was never guys that played through shit. They just were out. And so there's, there's stuff like that that aren't in the numbers. I'll say this. I know, I know someone who works for the Chargers, and basically everybody in that organization has so much respect for Anthony Lynn. And I think behind great the guy. scenes he was, well, he's no, a humanitarian. I, think he was a great, I think he was a great leader. And I think he got that team to play. Like, I, I don't know. Like, so Rufus, I, I, I agree. Rufus, I agree with you. I think Mike Tomlin is similar in a, in a situation. He's a very good at certain parts of the game and the time management and the going forward on fourth down stuff like that. He's not good at, but because he's good at the other stuff, he's able to now Anthony Lynn. I, I agree with you. I think he was a pretty good coach in certain, but because he had this huge blind spot on certain things, everyone just blows it up out of proportion. But the fact okay. is, it still minute. did cost them zillions wait, of games. It did. Wait a minute. It did. Wait a minute. Well, Here, that's the thing. Aren't we, maybe let's rephrase that. Maybe what we're really saying is that the skill of being an in-game on-the-fly coach is actually much more important than preparation, pre-flop. Pre well, I don't know if I that's disagree. true. I disagree. Take, I, take, I think it's what we observe, though, so we think it's more important. Oh, I think I it agree. is more important, though. Because, again, let's take, let's take the god of all, and I know it's a drinking game with me. Joseph Jackson Gibbs, the greatest coach of all time. Rufus, I think you know that, right? So he would have great game plans. If, if Washington was getting crushed at the half, whether on offense or defense, Pettibone or Gibbs, Joe Gibbs and Richie Pettibone had the ability to say, our game plan sucks, we're X's and O's geniuses, here's what we're doing. Bang, 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 and they'd be a different team in the second half. That's what a good coach is. With all these other guys, Marty Schottenheimer, I know how to do this, you play my way, never made a Super Bowl. Steve Spurrier, we're just going to pitch and catch. I know what I'm doing. No, you don't, jackass, right? Urban Meyer. Wait, don't I put what about Tony Dungy? What about a Tony Dungy type? I'm not saying it's the only way you can win. What I'm saying is it's the single most important thing. Tell him, Mike. Tell him. <laughs> yeah, you can't. 
What's that? Say, Man, you can't put Schottenheimer, Schottenheimer. in Spurrier. No, 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 but Schottenheimer, Schottenheimer had a 99-yard drive and a fumble and went 14-2 and two and 13-3 and three and never and missed it. And they couldn't get out of the first. But, I'm not sure why I can't use him. That's but, my point. People think but, he's a good coach. Yeah, he was. I think you're, 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 I mean, you're being fooled by randomness a little bit. Oh, I don't in think the I am. Think about how many regular season games we have to observe relative to playoff games. All right. Well, let's get let's get back to Anthony okay. Lynn. Let's get out of the subject. Forget throw out Schottenheimer. I'll stick by it. But whatever. There's no way to me that the in-game portion is less important than what happens before the game. But you're talking about in-games X's and O's and being able to adapt a game plan. I'm talking about clock management. I'm talking about situational football. He had no concept of that. Decisions a head coaches make during a game. Andy Reid is yeah. what you're talking so, about. So I guess the thing is, like, these fourth down, I mean, well, think about, like, David Culley not going, oh. like, with, you know, I mean, but, well, I mean, that, that was egregious. Yeah. That was egregious. Uh, you object. I object your In general, like, people are looking, you know, a lot of these are like, well, you know, it's costing a team, like, you know, one and a half, two percent win probability. And those are kind of the pretty bad not go for it decisions. Yeah, no, that's what I was trying to say before. Like, we, and I raised my hand of guilt. But we, who makes up the probabilities? Like, give me a break. Some oh, of them so are now, not 1 in 2%. Here we go. Here we go with this. Some now. of them are not 1 in 2%. That's <laughs> nonsense. Some of them are huge. Analytics huge. expert Todd Wishnev. Can we see your model? Your it's cool. Yes, model. my model is called, it's called the goulash model, Ruth. And the other thing that it doesn't, see, here's the big problem with all the modeling gurus. There we go. Okay, maybe not you, Mr. Ruth. This is why I'm here. Because I, I, I actually, like, but the, you know, if you watch the games, a team, here's, a, and I wanted to bring this up anyway, so I'm glad that this came up today. You know, I watch games and you watch, for instance, like in a college game, right? A team will hit an 86 yard pass and then do nothing for like five, five series in a row. And their stats don't look that bad because they have the 86 yard pass. Well, their play you know, success smart, rates are awful. What'd you say? Their play success rate is awful. Right, exactly. But I'm saying their yards per play doesn't look as bad and stuff like that. And also, if you're watching the game a lot of times, you see how difficult it is or how easy it is by how open people are. And I think that's one thing that just does not come across in modeling, not to change the subject out of this, but um, you know, I think it's one problem with, with modeling that, and, and this is, goes to the fact that you're saying, oh, it's only a one or 2% probability. You know, that's all based on somebody deciding what the probabilities are. So it's not really a model. It's a person deciding. Well, it is a model. It's someone modeling what those probabilities are for an average team against an average opponent. And then you could say, well, you know what? You know, this team is has a higher percentage chance of getting this fourth down than an average team. Although, you know, a bad team and has that, a worse chance, but a bad team also will have a worse chance, late, you know, of, of getting yards later on, too. So let me I mean, say it, let me say it both ways. Let me say it a different way, Todd. And I don't know if you'll agree with this or not. I have always found that win probabilities in baseball, because of the mechanical nature of baseball, with three bases, three outs, and innings, and nine innings, that probabilities historically are, on historical data data are much more precise than that in football because there are so many more variables in football. Well, I agree. Like things that. like play calls, right? Like if you know you have a particular play call, like think about think about the Eagles in the Super Bowl, Philly special play right. call or something, right? Like they're like, we, we have this special play. We think that this is going to work. You know, maybe on average, this scenario would only be a 60% conversion. We think this is going to be like, you know, 75%, 80% or something. And maybe it is. And so that should affect the decision making. We right. could go on, but Mikey has a The truth line. is, this is like a five-hour conversation yeah. if you really, yeah. seriously, yeah. if you really want to get into it, like, for real. But, the, you know, I think, Gil, you're making a good point that the, the well, baseball, you, on average, 
has a bigger average numbers. But it doesn't mean that every football decision is only a 2% decision. That's all I'm trying to no, say. No, of course, they're not all 2%. But I'm, I'm saying we, I think, analyze these sort of things that don't have, that have a fairly marginal impact on, it's not like, it's not like Anthony Lynn is costing his team like six points a game out there with, you know, fourth down decision making. No, but I don't think we're arguing that. Yeah. Well, Gil's arguing that, that he said one point. It's I worth one, one point. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't say that. He said it's the most important thing. Oh, I think I think at, I think in the end that in-game coaching situational decision making, ultimately in those higher leverage situations, is more important than what happens before a game starts. Yes, I think it's all. So important. you must think, or you must think, Andy Reid's not a very good coach. Then, no, right? I think he's good. I think he's very good. I think he has all the talent in the world. Right. And I think he, he was able the talent was able to overcome any of Andy Reid's Andy Reid. The real knock on Andy Reid was not situational, except it was just clock management at the end of games. That okay. was his bugaboo with Anthony Lynn. We, I mean, I, there's too many of them. We've forgotten half. How about when yeah, they threw the Hail Mary yeah. and they needed two scores and they lined yeah. up and run the ball, didn't get in. And then they only had one play left. There. Uh, it's just insane. It, he, there's so many things that. he did. In Buffalo, when they were there's just so many things he did throughout the course of the year that were ludicrous. I mean, to me, you should just have someone in there like that says, do you know, a consultant. For Amal that, Shaw right? sends like... his resume out to teams. <laughs> he does about his background covering sports betting and all, and offers to be the person on the field making decisions for them. It's the old Bill Simmons thing where uh, Andy Reid should they should have gone to the bullpen at the two minute <laughs> warning. Every like calling somebody to manage the rest of the game. But the thing is, it has to be marbleized into the offensive coordinator and everything else. It's not as simple. As just saying, okay, this is the guy in charge. Because let's say you're at the end of the half and there's a minute to go and you really want this to be the last possession. That means all the play calling has to be geared toward that. It can't just be one guy. It has to be a guy mixed into the entire organization because that offensive quarter needs to make play calls that are going to be as successful as possible with also thinking this is the last drive of the half. Marbleized, if you will. Marbleized. That's why I call it marbleized. Marbleization. That's right. Yeah. Marbleization. Big right. fan it's of over Stone Towns. Over at Andiamo's. It's mar <laughs> marbleization. Oh, yeah. It gives it all the flavor. Well, Rufus and I are aligned on Andiamo. It is superior. Yeah. And even to berries or But it's only 2%, Gil. So it's only 2% at best than any other steakhouse <laughs> at the most. <laughs> all right. We have to. Mikey has a deadline because he does a show called Odds On. Not to be confused with the nuts. Or not to be confused with Odds On Lombardi, the website. That's right. That he does with them all, Sean. All right, so three best bets, if we can get to three. Rufus, what's your first? When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
the Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. My first, um, well, unfortunately, this well, the line I bet is not available, but so ah. that's not an excuse. But I'm gonna, you know, I want to give people what, you know, I want them to be aligned with me. So, okay. um, the Saints, the Saints, the Saints is a home, well, because of that great home field advantage in Washington, right? <laughs> that's um, right. Is a road dog. I think that line. Uh, what, what are we? It opened at six somehow. I took it at one. Minus two two now. now, I did not understand that line there. I mean, I think the Saints are a much better team than than people give them credit for. I think uh, Winston was never got the chance. I mean, you want to talk about like coaching in the second half, like screwing a team over. Sean Payton's like really conservative play calling, thinking the defense would just close out the Giants. And I mean, the Saints do have a very good defense. They were, I had them as the best, basically the best defense in football last year in terms of the predictive metrics. Um, they have not been quite as good um, this year. They've not been good passing the ball, but um, actually, no, their defense still has been really good. 94th percentile against the rush, 55th against the pass, 93rd in scoring efficiency, and 88th in play success. So um, I just think that they're, I mean, I, I, I don't think that Washington's anywhere in the same tier um, in terms of, of uh, you know, ratings. So Saints, I mean, pick number one. I think, in a, I mean, on a neutral field, I have that as a, as a touchdown spread. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. I'm not saying I'm right. I haven't been right so far this year, but <laughs> so there is that. But, but, but I, I bet it at minus one. So tell us okay. your college place. You're doing well yeah. in college. Tell us your college, college, college place. What's your favorite college place? <laughs> I'll pull up the spreadsheet. The college mega. Yeah. Yeah. What the college plays are. When Duke's losing 21-17 toward the end of the half to Kansas, take the Duke team total over. I don't care what it is, and bet a billion dollars. Which book? Can give, will give me the billion. <laughs> I know circus limits are pretty good, but okay. <laughs> they don't even do it, game. I'm, I, Mikey, what's your? I think I have really square plays this week, but this is this is. Uh, I, I I don't get the Packers number at Cincinnati three. I mean that makes no sense to me. They I, just signed I agree. Jalen. Smith, I agree. It should be like one, right? <laughs> no, no. no I goes the think, other way. I think it should be five and a half. <laughs> it, it's you know, I will never let, let's. Not forget for a half, Cincinnati should have been down 17 to nothing to Jacksonville on Thursday night, okay? 21 to nothing. And let's – well, no, I don't think he should have went – there were three possessions for each team in the first half. Why wouldn't you go up three possessions? There were exactly three possessions for each team. You don't want to be up three, Urban? He's thinking about, you know, going to the bar in Columbus. But but So this is how I led the numbers game the next morning, too. He – very nice visual. (laughs) So he – it was the curse, and again, this is something that the mainstream announcers never mentioned, right? The curse of having third and goal at the eight with 146 left in the half, up 14 to nothing. Anything that happens, you either are kicking a field goal, if it's a loss, no gain, or very short gain, or it's a touchdown, and you're up 21 to nothing. The one thing that can't happen is if you gain seven yards, right? Six and a half or Six seven or yards, seven, yeah. because then it tweaks your brain into thinking, oh, oh I got to go for I gotta it. I got to go for it now, <laughs> which they did, and they got stuffed. That the th- so everybody says, oh, the fourth down play is the key play of the no. game. They stuffed them. No, it's the third down play. Because it's such a quirk of football. Meanwhile, if you're Kevin Stefanski, you only got to get four yards because he's going fourth and goal from the four. No matter what. Well, 
that was I, that was all my notes of the games yeah. last week. <laughs> I just took random fourth down yeah. plays that they called. I didn't mind the Carolina fourth down when they were down 12 points in the third quarter in their own territory, mm-hmm. but the Colts won at the end of the first half when they were up seven to three. It was seven a three. fourth down at their own 28, and they went for it. I was like, okay, maybe we're getting a little too crazy. No, I mean, you liked it. I, I, I'm never going to fault the team for going forward on fourth down. At their own 28, up 7-3. to three. Well, how, fourth and what? Fourth, fourth and, and two. one. Fourth and two? I yeah, think oh, but Rufus, they're going, against, they're going against an average team. And when I say an average team, I mean a team that could never score in the history of football. How about when <laughs> Zach Taylor went fourth and one with three minutes left in the third quarter against the Vikings in week one, up by 14 from his own 30? I mean, you're supposed to get that fourth and one. You're supposed to, but if you don't, you put a team right back in the game. Yeah, but you're up. The Vikings only had one drive of more than eight plays the whole game, and you're up 14. Oh, no, it, w- it was fourth and one. I lied. Okay, yeah. yeah. Fourth, and fourth and three sounds probably probably not the right move. Fourth and one, know. 125. I took the Packers. I, ca- I will not forget them. They should have been down 17 nothing. I will not yeah, forget we, how— Didn't the Packers get blown out by, by the Saints in week one? I mean, That's a very strange that. game, though. The Saints had five touchdowns and 12 yards at one point. I mean, it was, like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. We we were fooled into thinking that the Saints' offense was better than it was in that first week. Many of us, it's, it's really not. It's a bad offense with a great defense a or a very good defense. It is. It's a very good defensive team. It's in a, right. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, I'll never forget in Chicago in week two how he got sacked nine times and threw three interceptions and just looked totally outmatched. It was only Fields coming in the game and throwing interceptions that made that game close. I don't think Cincinnati's that good of a team. I still think. They're tied with Pittsburgh as the worst team in that division. And maybe you give a nod to Pittsburgh, but I don't think it's close. I think the Packers are appreciably better. If this game was in Lambeau, wouldn't it be six the Packers? I would think. Anyhow, yeah. I'll take the Packers minus three. Pitt, Pittsburgh Is Pittsburgh better off with Big Ben or Mason Rudolph? No, Mason Rudolph. No, Mason I, Rudolph. I, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Mason. Yeah. It doesn't I, I matter think who the for, for all of time, I think it's Mason You think Rudolph. it's Ben? Rufus, still? I mean, my numbers say that because they're not like, but, yeah. You know, at this point, it, it feels like it's. It feels like nobody can be worse than Big Ben, <laughs> but he's probably better than Basin. I mean, what yeah. about Nathan Peterman if he was on the? You know, <laughs> Dwayne Haskins yeah. not mentioned in this conversation. Big right. Ben's taking a lot. By the way, I'm not a Big Ben apologist, but Big Ben is not as bad as everybody's Dude, saying he is. A, he has no offensive line. He's in Pittsburgh. You're Why a, should we listen to him? You're a total Big Ben apologist, no, by the way. I am not, a, but I'm not a Pittsburgh homer. I'm the first one oh, to say the Steelers is. stink. It's an official the Steelers' <laughs> offensive line is terrible, and the receivers get no separation whatsoever. So it's not all Big Ben. Aren't is they supposed horrendous. to have good receivers? But they do. They have the kid from Notre Deontay Dame. Johnson, that kid from Notre Chase Dame. Claypool, Claypool's G-G-O. a good receiver. Yeah. You know what? Steelers are overrated. The uh, the receivers are overrated. We're going back to the time because Antonio Brown was there. First of all, Juju Smith-Schuster was never a number one. He was never a number one. They made him out better than, than he was. What about at USC? Claypool? I thought he was at USC. That's okay, point. all I'm saying is if you watch the Steeler <laughs> games, you see the receivers are never open. 24. Okay, that's because well, that's that's Matt Canada, we're in Bar Canada, Matt yeah. Canada <laughs> is, uh, you know, like no motion, no, like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not an ex's nose guy, but I've, you know, I've, read, tw- I've read Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> 20, uh, Big Ben, third and fourth down plays this year. Third and fourth down. There's been 52 of them. 24 of those 52, he's thrown the ball short of the sticks. Think about that okay, for a second. There's yeah, no, no it was pretty bad. Offensive line is an absolute horrendous unit. 
You, if you can't win a football game with no offensive line. I give you that. But if you're 24 of 52 are short of the sticks, there is an element of brain deadedness. I agree. In there. Uh, okay, I'm not it's, saying he's called, the, the big called, man of old. You have to take risks. You do. I mean. Okay. And I'm it's not like, saying it's big like ben someone is the throwing a ball away on fourth down. That's Why right. would you do that? That's Carr. Fair enough. Carr does I'm, that all again, the time. Throws I'm not it into saying the ground, he's the throws it out of bounds. Because he just wanted to take it's like, it. No. It's like what, Rufus, it's like what you said about Anthony Lynn. I kind of agree with you about Anthony Lynn. I don't think, as an overall football coach, I don't think he's as bad as everyone makes him. He's okay as an offensive coordinator, Todd. Yeah, I think he's doing a fine job with the Lions. Yeah, no one yeah. blames him. I, I know. Well, I, I, I think, think about this. Like, <laughs> okay, are you the same person you were five years ago? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. People change and grow and learn. Uh, and I don't know if Anthony Lynn has that mindset. Or they but regress. He does, or or they, they regress. I mean, maybe. <laughs> some people. But Weight-wise, they certainly do. hey I've seen some of that around here. All right, Todd. What's your, <laughs> Todd, what's your first pick? Wait, I, oh. Wait can Rufus oh, address? I, I apologize. So, so, because you know, I only gave one pick. But my the other one, I took I took Cincinnati, actually, plus okay. three and a half. Wait, that makes me feel good. That's your but but I, I don't. We were you just know. going around the horn on the pick. No, but, yeah, yeah. but, no, but, but he's but Apple. Oh. I want to I want to I want to oh, okay. rebut. Please. Okay. In my rebut, I think you'll appreciate this, Gil. Yes. It's just going to be one name, Joe Barry. <laughs> it's okay. That's As right. a Washington fan, yes. you understand, like, uh, why would any team hire that guy as a defensive coordinator? It's brutal. Like, I don't understand how they think that's a step up for Mike Patin. Yeah, but you had that's to get rid of rebuttal. Patin. Patin was so bad in the championship game. In one game. He was really bad. In right. one game. They never covered well, the I mean, the Seahawks should have gotten Well, I mean, the Seahawks should have gotten rid of Russell Wilson after that Super Bowl. He cost them the Super Bowl, right? Hmm. The second Super Bowl? You See, think he cost him the second he's, he's, Super Bowl? He's making a point. I don't but, think so. I think Daryl Bevel cost him no, the okay. second Super Bowl. He's making a point. He yeah. was no, making I, a – yeah, yeah, well, that, that's he, a good I point. Daryl Bevel, Daryl, Daryl I want to say something. Fired yes. way, you said way about Gibbs before. as an as a adjuster. And, yes. and it, I thought Pete Carroll at USC was the best college at halftime of changing a game plan that I've ever seen. Really? Just to throw that in. I don't you know, know what? His second half numbers were amazing. Yeah. If you bet the second half in USC, <laughs> when they had that run with yeah. Reggie Bush, mm-hmm. I every week I used to win on that. It was like literally like 15-2 and two at some point. Did it matter whether really they good. were behind or ahead? Or I mean, they were probably always ahead. They usually weren't ahead mm-hmm. by that much, or they were behind at halftime, and then they would just blow the doors off people in the second half. I totally remember that. Well, isn't that because they're deeper? And they're like, you know, later on in the game when, you know, you're – bringing in the backups and stuff. Their backups are just going to crush the other team's backups. That could be a factor. Yes. I hope Pete Carroll watched that Brandon Staley running back dissert, <laughs> running game dissertation, by the Did way. Did you have more than just the two words, Joe Barry? For <laughs> no, your, not for really. Your rebuttal? No. Oh. Not really. I mean, I, 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 I basically, I think that the yeah. Green Bay defense stinks. Do you believe Cincinnati will win this game? No. Okay. Is that your second pick? But he took three and a half. I took three let's, and a half. Let's okay. be fair. I mean, I make, it, I, I, make it, I make the line basically a little less than one. One. Yeah, so it's. I, but are you taking I, that I, as I your like... pick at plus three, Rufus? So you're saying Cincinnati is the equivalent of the best team in the NFC North? I think Cincinnati's 0.7 points worse than yeah. an average team. And so Green Bay's an average team to you? No, they're 2.4 points better than an average team. But 3 1, and then you give them two points 1. for being 1. at 1.77, right, oh, in this okay. game. Okay. You know, so so we'll, we'll, it all, it all comes down to home field advantage here, basically. So would you take them at current line? Three. Uh, like, would I actually bet them myself? No, I would not bet them myself. Like, no, no, I'm just being so honest. I would not bet them at plus but three. But you, you bet them at, I bet three, them and at half plus three and a half on Monday. Yeah. I'm not going to bet them at plus three. All right, Todd, three. what's your pick? Yeah, we got to go. Okay, my number one pick <laughs> is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars plus four and a half. Oh. Uh, 
What, what was that? I said, oh. I heard, I heard an audible, uh. Okay, here's the thing. This is not so much uh, a pick uh, for Jacksonville. It's a pick against the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, I don't really like betting against a team who just got embarrassed by the Jets, but I just think the Tennessee Titans defense is not ready for prime time. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are not as bad as everyone thinks they are on offense. Against Cincinnati, they moved the football. They did move the football against Cincinnati with not a lot of trouble. I think everyone will move the football against the Tennessee defense. I just think it's a terrible defense. And I think if you're getting four and a half points at home in a National Football League game, you have to be able to, if you're going to cover four and a half, you have to be able to do something on defense. And this team does not want to do anything on defense. So you've got to be ahead by more than 10 at the end. Otherwise, the back door is wide open. I'm taking Jacksonville plus four and a half because I just don't think Tennessee with that defense should be favored, you know, that much against anybody. Todd, you know, they just can't Todd, play defense. Todd, do you discount the distraction of Urban well, Meyer? The players saying they don't, they think he's a clown, he's a joke. The owner has no faith in him. I'm up. Yes, I know, and I like when that's in there because now everyone's going to talk about that all week. Oh my God, Urban Meyer got a half lap dance, and was it a real lap dance or a full lap dance or a half a lap dance? I don't know what really happened with Urban Meyer. Oh my God, now we can't do the X and O's because Urban got a lap dance, and now you know my career as wide receiver is totally ruined because of Urban's lap dance. You know what? Guys still want to make catches. Guys still want to run the football. Guys still want to make tackles. Guys still want to play in the National Football League. So all this ESPN hubbub is for me. It helps me. I'll take the extra half a point I'm getting for the hubbub. Plus four and a half. I, I loved Tennessee on guessing lines at minus four. I will lay the minus four and a half because of Urban Meyer. That's my uh, that's my second play. That's your second Tennessee play. Tennessee minus four and a half. Yeah, me, too. Last week. Mm -hmm. me too. Uh, I warned you guys. By the way, if I, if I, Todd, if and then could, we were unfortunate. Todd, Todd, I love Todd, your if, Todd if you could <laughs> shut up for one second, Todd, and let me speak, I really would appreciate it. Um, the the thing about first of all, I love the Orlando Sentinel describing that as someone dancing close to his lap. I love that description. Um, I, I thought on guessing lines, Tennessee was was a quick reaction for me. I thought that line was too low. Tennessee has the get-out-of-jail-free card even without when they didn't have their wide receivers last year by just tucking it under Derrick Henry's stomach and just getting out of Dodge. They should have been killed in that Jets game mm. seven different times. They somehow managed to make it all the way. They did lose in the end, I get it, in overtime. I think the Titans, they will have at least one of the two wide receivers back. That's huge for that offense. And I actually do think that the Urban Meyer thing matters. And I'll tell you why. Normally, I wouldn't. But if you're listening to what those players are saying, that shit is corrosive. They are not feeling this dude whatsoever. I actually don't think that all of their heads are in this game. So I'm taking Tennessee. I'm it go, it's, it's well far beyond this lap dance. Yeah. He had him hitting in OTAs, which was illegal. Yep. He says we made the cuts on COVID. I mean, everything he's done has had a false half, ring Mike, to it Was there. all that true? Mikey, was all that true in the first half against Cincinnati when they should have been up 17 nothing? Were they corrosed in that first half? They were, cor they were corrosed by the fourth <laughs> down decision at the goal line. That's <laughs> where they lost the faith. <laughs> They're still professionals, and they still want to play football. I mean, come on. We can't. I know. But look, there's obviously something to what you guys are saying. And I don't think Urban Meyer's a good coach at all. But that's already in the line. All right. We'll just play it out. We'll see what happens. Gil, what's your second pick? Uh, my second one is on the New York Jets. What's the Jetropolitan spread right here? Yeah. New York Jets are, I have them as plus three, minus one of five, so plus three. Okay. I liked them better at three and a half, obviously, when guessing lines came, but I'll stick to the plus three. I just don't believe 
the Atlanta Falcons, certainly they shouldn't have had the hook. They shouldn't be a three-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a game is in London, by the way, over anybody. Um, I, I just – you watch the Falcons play football. Matty Ice just doesn't appear to have the, the decision-making or the time to make the proper decisions, whatever it is. Washington's defense wasn't re- didn't really crush him, and he still had issues. There was, By the way, there was a play where Chase Young got called for a roughing that really could have made that game a lot easier for Washington. Uh, he Terrible got, call. He got, yeah, he got nailed for hands to the face. Washington had to win it in sort of dramatic fashion, but they can't stop anybody. Um, and I think the Jets coming off that win are buoyed by it. I think you're giving me the points on the Jets. Again, I would have loved the three and a half more, but I'll take the three in London and be pretty happy about it, fading the Falcons. Plus, I don't, I don't know that you're getting three touchdowns from Corderell anymore. And I think the Jets, if, they're, if their defense, and their, de- and their defense has been playing well, they'll key on who can beat them. And uh, I don't think Atlanta has multiple players that can. So I'll, I'll take Jets plus three. Rufus, number two. Or oh. number three, or whatever we're on with Rufus. He'd be three for Rufus. No, wait, three, no, no, three, three, I think wait, wait. I already oh, gave it. It's got to be Todd. We didn't give it to Todd, wait, Todd, go to your second pick. Rufus, was that your second, was your second pick the Bengals or no? Yes. Well, I have he to take it. I guess it is. Um, he wanted a big I, stage to honest, rebut me, so I yes, it have, has to be a second pick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything, I mean, I don't have anything better than that, honestly. I show very little value in the board this week. Todd, what's your second well, pick? Well, none of us do. None of us do, but no. we're having a podcast. <laughs> We're having a podcast. (laughs) All right, Todd, what's number two? Now now you're supposed to talk, Todd. Talk when you're supposed to. Go. Okay, so I'm putting Rufus down for Bengals plus three as his second pick. Um, My second pick is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. I will take the Las Vegas Raiders minus the five and a half. And the reason I want the Raiders, first of all, I love the fact that they lost on, um, on Monday night. And um, because now people will be like, oh, wait, maybe the Raiders aren't, aren't that good. This is really because the, the Bears aren't good on offense. Because the Bears went down and scored some points against the Lions doesn't mean anything to me because I don't think the Lions can stop anyone. I think Fields is going to have trouble, even if they bring in Dalton. I don't care what they're doing. They're not good on offense, and they're certainly not good on offense in a loud stadium, even if there's only .7 of a home field advantage. That Las Vegas stadium is probably pretty wild and and, and rowdy. And now you're going to ask just, uh, Justin Fields to go into a rowdy stadium and hang with the Raiders. And the Bears, the Bears' defense is not this vaunted defense that it used to be. The Lions were inside the 10-yard line like literally 100 times when Gill and, and Mikey were both unfortunate, as was I. I had the over in the in game because the Lions couldn't score inside the 10-yard line against the Bears. But the they were moving the football. Don't tell me the Raiders can't move the football against the Bears. I think they can move the football against the Bears. I think the Raiders are an above-average offense. I'm not saying they're amazing, but they're above-average offense. And I think they will move the ball against the Bears. And this is just going to come down to the fact I don't see how the Bears are going to stay inside five and a half points because I don't think they can score enough points. So if they get to 17 and the Raiders are at 24, you still cover Give me the Raiders minus five and a half. Detroit last week, just to buttress your point, first and goal down seven to nothing at the eight. Premature shotgun snap hits Goff and the gonads. Ricochets over the offensive line into a Bilal Nichols hands. Uh, that goes down as a fumble by the center. Fourth and goal at the five, 939 left in the second quarter, down 14 to nothing. They go for it. Jared Goff throws a horrific pass to the out to the outside receiver. Third and goal at the Chicago three, 309 left in the second quarter, strip sack. And then at the end, teasers blew it, right? Because they... Uh, 
they had a chance crushed by getting a third down play within a yard of conversion. Same thing we talked about with the Bengals. They, of all things that could have happened, you don't want to do that, right? Just kick the field goal, teasers will win. Instead, one yard short, they go for it and they blow it again. Horrible. He has to kick the field goal there to make it a one position. Have, I don't get has that. To. I don't. By the way, the Matt Nagy thing, all of a sudden, he's told us a, a 5,000 times that Andy Dalton's going to be the quarterback. If he's yeah. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton. Do you think Ryan Pace finally like whispered in his ear? Somebody, you're, somebody you're did. Playing Justin somebody Fields. did. Had to be. Maybe Virginia McCaskey. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe George <laughs> Alice. Yeah. Somebody did. Uh, Rufus, number three. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you have a third. I guess I... I, I who's Mikey's number two? Jesus Christ. Jesus. You know, I'm Oppo U. I've got the Tennessee mother Titans. Oh, I didn't know Todd, you had Todd that. Todd sounds first. like me on the golf course with Jeff Mott trying to figure out the handicaps. <laughs> like, and what, like, like what, what, do I need, what do I need to make here? Jeff, Jeff gets mad at you. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, Mikey, How your you second pick this? is officially Tennessee minus four and a half? That's correct. Okay, no problem. <laughs> all right, number three. If I have to take a third, I'm going to take Seattle then. Oh, all right, Seattle tonight. That's, there yeah. You go. Seattle plus two and a half. His numbers say otherwise. That's a teaser leg for me, for sure, I think. Let's wait. Do we know, is, is uh, what's, what's Bridgewater's situation in the concussion protocol? We don't know yet. They haven't decided yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my, like, I'm assuming, actually assuming that Watt goes, I mean, I like Pittsburgh there, but, but you know, I don't know. Obviously. So if Bridgewater goes, it's no play. If uh, I like let me Pittsburgh, see, what, what's my number? Goes, Two points. I like actually, I probably actually. You know what? We're gonna take away Seattle there. Oh. We're, we're we're gonna say Pittsburgh. Sorry, we're gonna go with Pittsburgh because I still think I still think I like Pittsburgh even if Locke is the quarterback. What about if Rudolph is the quarterback? I don't know. Yeah. What about if it's Rudolph Bridgewater? <laughs> this is my head's about to explode. <laughs> 
What about I mean, because that, that, line, so that line's down Pittsburgh? a pick. That's a pick. pick. Huh? Just, yeah, Pittsburgh I'm taking Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That was pick. that was minus one and a half before. Then. Now it's a pick. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Okay. It's my third, not Seattle. Kamikaze pick. So, so that means are, Seattle's I, probably going to win, right? I take the Yenzers against Drew Locke in that because Drew Locke stinks. But if it's Teddy Bridgewater, Yens don't want to go against that guy. That guy don't make no mistakes in that. We're not going to be able to put the ball in the end zone. So, you know, to me, it's all about the Denver quarterback in that. Thank you, Todd. Todd, thank you. Mikey, number cool three. Cool is the rule. I'll take the Carolina Panthers Ooh. and lay the three points uh, against these Eagles. I was going to do that bet, too, Mike. I can't bet this Eagles. This Eagles team just refuses to run the ball at all. I don't see, to your point about Brandon Steely and how you have to run the ball just to get established the physicality. They don't. Yeah. They absolutely don't run the ball at all. Zero. Zero running attempts. I don't think Carolina played well in the second half against Dallas. Look, at Dallas going to move the ball on anybody. They'll move the ball on the Saints. That's a good offensive team. They came back. They made that game competitive. I think Matt Rule is building a good team in, in that spot in Carolina. And I think this is a bad spot for Philadelphia coming off the home loss to have to go on the road here. I thought this line would be four. It's three. I'll lay it. Okay. Yeah, Mikey, why is it coming down? That was almost my third pick yeah, was uh, Carolina. Why is it coming I, down? I don't know. I'm, I'll ask somebody in sports media. Dad, number three. <laughs> My number third pick was going to be Panthers. The only reason I'm not taking the Panthers, I'm definitely taking the Panthers in my circa millions because to get five picks, you have to come up with something. So I'm definitely taking the Panthers there. But I just, the only thing that scares me is it's it's a one and three team against a three and one team in spreads. And I know in the NFL, that's always a dangerous thing to do because they all revert to the mean, almost all of them. So that's why I'm not going to go with Panthers as my number three pick here. But what I will take as my number three pick is the Ravens under 46. Mm. And um, the reason I like the Ravens under 46 is because, um, wait, who? The Ra I have Ravens against Indiana Colts. Right. Ravens under 46 against the Colts. I, I am not a believer in the Colts. I don't believe the fact that you can go down to Miami and beat a team that has absolutely no offense whatsoever means anything at all. I am not a believer in the Colts. Uh, I still don't believe in Carson Wentz. And I think the Ravens' defense is starting to come around. They really put the clamps on Denver last week. And, I mean, the other games where they didn't play as well defensively were against the Chiefs and against the Raiders. I got to kind of throw those out as those are above-average offensive teams. I don't think Indianapolis is above-average offensive team. And I think this is going to be one of those old-school Ravens games where they run the ball a lot, play real good defense, and win like 24-7 or something. So I'm going to go under 46 and uh, hope that I can get there in my third pick. All right, I can't be any right. any squarer than I've already been. What's the New England line? New England Patriots are, I have them at nine. Nine. Okay. Um, I, this was the other one on guessing lines. I'll just go with my guessing lines instincts. I Listen, I'm not like Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels ready to, like, put Mac Jones in the Hall of Fame. That was a little ridiculous on Sunday night. But... This Houston team, as long as Davis Mills is the quarterback, and he will be the quarterback this week still, no Terod Taylor yet, this Houston team might be one of the worst teams we've ever seen in modern history. They are really bereft of any talent, with the exception of Brandon Cooks. New England, this is Bill Belichick versus David Culley. It's a whole bunch of points to give away on the road, but you know what? I don't like anything else better. So I'm taking New England minus the nine and hoping that Bill Belichick will figure out a way to blow this team out. Are you going to use New England in Survivor, Gil? I'm thinking about it. The problem is they have two offensive linemen now that are yeah, in a COVID, COVID situation. Mm -hmm. I don't 
I don't even think the Texans are the worst defense in football. Really? Yeah. Who do you think the worst defense is? Lions and then Jacksonville and then Houston. Dude, the Texans aren't that bad on defense. No. They're, they're bad on offense. They, right, exactly. Right. They're yeah. just like abysmal on offense yes. right now. That is what I was referring to. Yeah. Okay. Offense All right. Matters How about you, defense. Todd? What are you going to do? Are you going to use Minnesota this week? Well, I started like looking at the next couple weeks, and um, it's tough. I mean, I'd like to use the I'd like to use the Cowboys, really, to be honest. But I can't use the Cowboys because I need them for Thanksgiving, so I'm not going to use the Cowboys. And I don't want to use Tampa Bay here against Miami because I need Tampa Bay for later as well. So it really comes down to Minnesota uh, against the Lions, which scares me because I hate betting on Kirk Cousins. And and maybe the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, a, I don't a, know. There's a lot of options this week. None make you none feel good. None are great. Yeah. None are you have confidence in. Yeah. Okay. What do we do now? Two, Two leg teaser. Teaser. Two leg teaser. I'm teasing the Browns up to eight. I think this is going to be a tremendous game, and we'll see really where both teams are. This Browns defense is nasty. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, Matt Brown and I both like this as our top play last week. I or his second play. I said Cousins had never faced this kind of pressure. After the first drive, they never got in the red zone again. That Minnesota and offense. Baker it's Mayfield didn't do anything. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. Couldn't yeah. hit anybody. Yeah. Couldn't hit anybody running open anywhere. You say you got a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder, yeah. they say now? Yes. I was like, are we using that as an excuse? I'll take the Browns up to eight and the Cowboys down to one. Todd? That's what I'm doing. That's exactly the same one I'm doing. Rufus? I'm doing because I don't see I don't see the Cowboys losing to the Giants. The Cowboys have a have a nice looking offense. I mean, this is becoming a, a juggernaut offense, and I just don't see the Giants. You know, hanging in the game. Also, the Giants kind of, they shot their load last week with their ridiculous <laughs> win. Down 21-10 with nine and a half minutes to go. And somehow they win that game. I don't even know how they won the game. But I'll take, yeah, Browns plus eight. I think the Browns will hang with the Chargers and uh, Cowboys. By the way, if you're in a DraftKings jurisdiction or anybody who has NFL Comeback Player of the Year, Dak Prescott is only, in quotes, minus 175. You almost have to bet that for whatever they'll let you bet. Who's the second choice? Joe it? Burrow. What's he coming back from? Five games? Yeah. They don't yeah. give comeback player of the year for five games. It's like know. a it's like a lifetime achievement yeah. thing. Uh Rufus, you're two um, teaser. I'm I'm gonna tease the Browns and then uh with Seattle. I almost called them the Mariners Ooh. with the Seahawks. <laughs> the pilots. I'm gonna tease the uh the Browns with the New England Patriots down against Houston. Browns Patriots for me. Down to three. So Seattle plus Seattle plus eight and a half and Browns plus eight for Rufus and you are Gil. Sir. Who do you have, Gil? Oh, we have nine on the Patriots down to three. I'll still do it. So you're going Pats? Yeah. Pats minus three. And what was the other one? Browns. Browns plus eight. Okay. Yeah. No Stanford Wong. Well, they're on the road anyway, so it wouldn't have been Wongish. Um, okay. So final two questions. Big favorite, most likely to lose outright. My computer just went down. So Bucks. You can read them out for Bucks, us. Bucks minus ten over the Dolphins. Vikings minus nine over the Lions. Patriots minus nine over the Texans. Uh, Cowboys minus seven over the Giants. Ravens minus seven over the Colts. Perfecto. Huh, I see an eight and a half on the Patriots here. <laughs> well, but you know how he is. First of all, you got to cut that out because I'm looking here at the board. It's not just Circa. Circa's not the only uh, casino in the I world. Made, I made the goddamn rules on this podcast, Todd. I know exactly what you're doing. Jesus, mother. I mean, we're not There's taking no against the spread here, Jesus though. Into this unless we're going to be talking about Incarnate Word tomorrow. Plus the True that. All right, so who's the most likely to lose outright of those? Rufus. Vikings. 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 I think that the Lions offense did move the ball, as you all said, and then... Yeah. Weird things happened. The ball hitting off the golf shoulder. That was that was weird. That was a weird. Play. That was the weirdest thing. Ever. That was a weird play. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, 
Mikey? Divisional matchup, not as much home field advantage, et cetera, et cetera. I agree. I just, I they, don't. They can, I, I would, they can, they can I, If score, I was in Survivor, I'd take the Vikings, so I can't answer the Vikings as the most likely to lose. I, I'm, I'm going to go against you, Gail, and say the Patriots. Oh. I don't know. you got oh. an offensive lineman out. you got a rookie Mikey. quarterback. The I just think The offensive line thing is big because it's cluster. To your point, none of these picks make you feel comfortable. None of them feel good. <laughs> Todd? You know what? I'm with you, Mikey. I, I don't trust the Patriots. There's just too many passes to Hunter Henry for six yards. you got to go 800 plays to get down the field. I mean, Mac, Mac Jones, you know, come on, man. He's not that great. The answer, and, the uh, answer is clearly the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Clearly, because I can see Jared Goff doing all of a sudden that that offense is feisty enough on Detroit. They should, like they shouldn't have lost that game last week. And oh, I hate Kirk Cousins. I'm with you. Yeah. I hate Kirk Cousins. Just uh, I want I want a shot of you with a Minnesota Survivor play when Kirk Cousins is jacking it up for you. <laughs> I'm probably going to need a 66 yard field goal on the last play of the game to yeah. beat the Lions again. Okay, last question because Mikey's got to run. Bizarro oh. world, you must. Pick a side. You must bet a side in every single one of these games, except for one. One that you're like, you know what? I'll bet these 15, but this one, man, forget it. I'm not betting it with your money. What is that game, Rufus? Tennessee Jacksonville. Tennessee Jacksonville. Chiefs. I, I heard we both of your opinions. Yeah. I heard your, you know everybody's opinion here on the Urban Meyer situation. I don't know who's right. Yeah. No, we don't know either. Chiefs Bills. Chiefs Bills. Now, Rufus, you Rufus, you don't know about the Durban Meyer, but do you have a definitive answer on whether it was a half or a full lap dance? <laughs> Boom, three quarters. Mikey, I'm with you. Chiefs Bills. <laughs> Chiefs Bills. Any outcome is possible. Yeah, I can't even tease the Bills up to eight and a half because they could get blown out they in this game, right? As well as they can win it. Todd, game you want no part of. I don't really want to take the Packers Bengals game because I think the Bengals are feisty, and I don't know the Packers. You know this. You know that Aaron Rodgers, he, every like once in a while, he just throws a duty in there, you know, like against the New Orleans Saints. He doesn't really try or something. You never know with those Packers. I don't trust them. We're getting to the point in the NFL where that question should be rephrased. The only game you want a part of. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> but if we're could, doing a podcast. If you could erase 15 of these but only play one, which would it be? Todd, before we go, Todd, it's we're beginning the baseball playoffs in mass today after the two wild card games. Do you have an opinion on either league or World Series champion? Well, I, I've been horrendous in baseball this year, so don't listen to me. But uh, I guess if I had to say like a sleeper pick, maybe I'd maybe think about the Braves as a sleeper pick just because some of their starters are not bad. They do hit the ball and nobody's really given them any credit. So you probably get a decent price. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have a ticket, a uh, free ticket that I got on um from DraftKings on on baseball champion, and I took uh, Houston plus twenty to one. So I'll be rooting for Houston. You, Mikey? I think it's so wide open this year. I don't know what to make of anything definitively. I got the I, Giants and Rays meeting in the I, World Series. I think the Rays are the best team. Does that mean they'll get there? I don't know. It's random. I don't, it's I, you what, do you, what do you think about Larusa's decision to start Lynn off an injury and in one to start? Rodon. Yeah, I would have started yeah. Radon, but I mean, we want to go righty, lefty, righty. I don't know. I played the Astros today, but. Uh, I don't know. You, you, Gilly, can, any concern about the Giants not having a bunch of real top-line starters? Does that no. concern you at all? I'll tell you why. Because that's that, that has always been the thing, right, with baseball playoffs. Hey, the Giants, in this particular case, aren't built like the Brewers and, say, the Dodgers are with front-line starting. But really, if you think about what has won for baseball teams in recent history, and I'm talking about like the last two, three years, 
It's just having a whole bunch of great pitchers and mixing and matching. Whether it was the Royals when they did the 7-8-9 thing, the Rays are the greatest example of this. The Rays have figured out, they've sort of hacked baseball with this. They get that they didn't need those three guys. Everyone's like, how amazing is this? They lost Morton. They lost uh, Glass now to the to Tommy John 2 and Snell. No. And the Rays have figured out that's not what that's not the only way to win at baseball. And so I don't think I think the Giants have lots of really good pitchers. So I think people are underestimating them even in the postseason. So you know, only, for what it's worth. In the American League, only the White Sox, if healthy, have a great starting rotation. All the teams are a mix and match type of deal in the and then the National League it's much different because you have the Dodgers in there. Yeah. And the Brewers. <clears throat> Literally, though, you're right. Any one of these. Anyone could win. Are. I would not be yeah. surprised if any one of these teams won the World Series. Yeah. Should be fun. Rufus, any thoughts on baseball? You not really. You, you've retired from I the retired baseball from game. Baseball. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Rufus, do you do it, college basketball? It used to control our lives. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Bill and I talked about this at breakfast yesterday. Yeah. It used to control our lives. Like it's. I, I took the year off during the pandemic, and I just realized how I didn't miss it at all. And I have enough going. Like, I... I my problem is not having time to fill. I used to sit at the Hard Rock, Mikey, watching baseball, and I used to question my existence on earth. I'm like, why am, how am, is it, am I going to care about this on my deathbed? I spend so much time handicapping and watching baseball. I was like, no, can't do this anymore. Rufus, how come you don't do college basketball? There are some unbelievable opportunities. Do you not like college basketball? Or are you busy with something else? Golf. No, I just have enough. Like, you can't do everything well. That's the thing. Yes. You know, agree. Like golf is, is what I make most of my money on. Yeah. And oh, I that's, see. you know, I have unabated. I, I have some other stuff going on too. I mean, it's just not enough hours in a day. That's how right, it is for me. Right. With, and, and mental bandwidth. It's how it is for me with tennis and doing all the shows I do. I just, I can't like people are, ah, oh, you're sucking at football. Hey man, something had to go. First of all, everyone's sucking. Everyone's gonna suck at football, even if they're great. As Roxy, so that's not the as worst Roxy, thing to say. As Roxy Roxborough said to me at uh, Piero's years ago, Gil, no one wins at the NFL long term. No one. I never forget. I would that. say the in game is not true though. Yeah, this was before. It's not true on a podcast though. Not true on a podcast. That's right. Uh, for Rufus Peabody, thank you, Rufus. Appreciate thank it, man. You. Double duty from yesterday. Todd Wishnev from his mom's Cork Attic in Pittsburgh, PA, and Mike Palm, co-host of Odds On with Amal Shaw at VEASAN, and, of course, Derek Stevens, conciliary, and Tim Lawson for hanging out in the back. Thank you for listening to the Megapod. Good luck with your Week 5 picks in the National Football League. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.